I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello once again. Chris Malone from the 98.5 KTK Morning Show. Here we go with your recap for Thursday, July 6th, 2023. Talked about the most popular and most used emoji in the world. This is according to Google. They uh, say that um, only about um, 120 of the more than... 1,200 emojis are ever used. And of those emojis, the face with the tears of joy is the most used, followed by just a heart, a smiling with heart-shaped eyes, face blowing a kiss, smiling with smiley eyes, the smiling face, the okay hand sign, grinning face with smiley eyes, and the loud cry face, as well as two hearts. Those are the one popular ones that you probably use yourself. Experts agree that uh, certain foods should not be scraped off into your garbage disposal. It should actually be scraped off into the trash, mainly because you're going to uh, encourage blockages and costly repairs. And I don't know about you, I'm not looking forward to that at all. So they really say pasta, rice, potato peels, and other starchy foods really need to go into the garbage can, not down your garbage disposal, mainly because um, they themselves turn into kind of a gooey mess quickly that can actually cause clogs. Oils may be liquid when you pour them down the drain, but they quickly solidify and they become blockages. So dispose of oils in a can and put that in the garbage if you want. If some of the oil does get down your drain, um, you can turn on your hot water, give a squirt of dishwashing liquid down the um, down into the dishwasher or the uh, uh, garbage disposal, uh, and then uh, leave the hot water on for about a minute to keep the pipes clear. Uh, stringy or fibrous foods like celery or asparagus can actually wrap around the waste disposal unit and create blockages. And then finally, coffee grounds, eggshell seeds, and grains are just too big and heavy to float down the drain. They're going to stop somewhere, and it's probably going to be in your house, and that could be a uh, the start of a future clog. Who wants that? WD-40, we talked about that this morning. It's uh, versatile. It's useful. It's been around for a while. It can be used to clean. It can be used to get stickers off things. It can be used to lubricate everything in your house, but it's not meant for everything. In fact, it should avoid using WD-40 on plastics, uh, mainly because it doesn't really work well. In particular, uh, number six and number seven plastics, um, which is used most commonly in kids' toys, disposable cups, plastic lenses of your sunglasses, even some safety gear. So it's probably not a good idea to use that. Uh, you should probably use uh, not use WD-40 to take stickers or clean wood floors or furniture, mainly because those already have a water-resistant barrier that the WD-40 is going to take off. And then if it sits long enough, it can actually start seeping in to the wood 
and that's going to leave a nasty stain. Kind of the same logic as to why you don't want to use uh, WD-40 on um, uh, any sort of stonework. You should never use WD-40 on electronics, mainly because of the plastics that are inside your phones, but also it can attract dust. And we'll talk about that attraction later uh, in this uh, recap, but it could attract dust, and that is your, a big no-no for electronics. And uh, it's been around forever, but it is just not true. And medical doctors really say, look, we know that there is the uh, idea of spraying some WD-40 on your, on your knee or your joints to, uh, to help with arthritis pain or just for them being stiff. There's no scientific proof that that works on humans. So probably best just to skip the, uh, skip the solvents, keep it off of your skin, and use something that is designed for arthritis or joint pain. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Never fails that uh, just when I think that no one is listening, like, you know, Alexa or Siri or Google, um, that perhaps <laughs> the, our electronics are listening to us. And I say this because yesterday I was prepping for the show and I found this article talking about the differences between beeping and chirping uh, smoke and carbon dioxide detectors. And as you would imagine, I went home yesterday. Guess what I kept hearing every 30 seconds? A little chirp. But in any case, every home has a smoke and carbon dioxide detector, probably has a carbon monoxide detector as well, and maybe even a radon in, all in one particular unit. And um, if you don't have the owner's manual, because maybe you're just recently into the house, or perhaps it was thrown away by mistake, you don't know what the chirps and the beeps mean. Now, for this particular uh, example, chirp is a smaller, or shorter length than a beep. All right? So a chirp is smaller in length than a beep. And what I came home to yesterday is the chirp that goes off every 30 seconds. What the heck does that mean? Generally, it means, yes, you need to replace the battery. It also means something else. I'll tell you about that here just in a minute. But something more important are going to be the uh, cadence of beeps that your um, home smoke and carbon dioxide detectors have. If you hear a set of four beeps together, that's an indication that there's carbon monoxide being detected. You should exit and evacuate your home immediately. If you hear three beeps together um, and, and repeating, that's an actual stating that your smoke detector has picked up smoke or carbon dioxide. So those are the two ones that, you know, the, the sets of beeps and uh, three beeps together and the sets of four beeps together. However, let's say for the sake of argument, you're hearing three beeps from your home's smoke detector, and you looked around. There's nothing on fire. There's no smoke. There's nothing. What the heck is going on? That is an indication that it believes it has detected smoke, which in essence is debris, if you think about it. So even though there's no smoke in your home, chances are your smoke detector is going off because of dust or dirt or spiders or insects or some sort of debris that actually can accumulate inside the smoke detector over time and give a false positive. So it means that you need to clean them out. But let's say for also the sake of argument that you, you hear the chirp every 30 seconds, you've replaced the battery, you've actually even cleaned everything out. It looks 
brand new, that smoke detector. Pop in a brand new fresh battery. You've tested it on your tongue. You feel that it's working and everything. And you pop it back up. And it still chirps every 30 to 60 seconds. That is probably an indication that you need to replace the smoke and carbon dioxide detector. That is actually designed called the end-of-life chirp, indicating that your smoke detector and carbon dioxide detector can no longer be used as safety equipment. It just simply doesn't work anymore. And when you consider that each detector has a lifespan of about 10 years, if you don't know when you've replaced your smoke detector, it's probably not a bad idea to go ahead and do so. They're not very expensive, and they really will uh, save your lives, for sure. I wanted to talk about skip lagging this morning, mainly because it seems to be every time that we're looking for ways to save money, there's some really good hacks, and there are some really bad ones that are out there. And Skip lagging can be perceived as a good hack in order for you to get an airline ticket that is dirt cheap. Because if you notice, airline tickets are not cheap. But the idea behind skip lagging, and why I, 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 I'll tell you why in a minute, why I, I don't think it's a good idea. But this is how it works. Let's say you're flying from Gainesville, which you, if you're flying from Gainesville and you're flying commercial, you got three destinations or three hub cities to go to. It's going to be Miami, Atlanta, or Charlotte. That's it. Oh, and I think maybe Dallas-Fort Worth, you, 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 there's an American flight that does that. But in any case, let's say you're wanting to fly to Miami, okay? Which means if you're flying a direct flight from Gainesville to Miami with no connector, that's an expensive flight. However, let's say you are booking a flight to Houston, Texas via Miami, which means you get off a plane in Miami and you get back on another, another plane. You'll find that chick- ticket is much, much cheaper. I joked with my sister because um, this was a few years back, but I was um, looking for a flight to Atlanta, and um, I, I, I called her and I said, I think this is absolutely hilarious that a flight from Gainesville to Houston is about $150 cheaper than a flight from Gainesville to Atlanta, even though Houston is much further away and an extra two hours on a plane. Well, um, yes, that's generally true. Um, because the airlines are when you, um, uh, so let's say, I'm sorry, back to my argument here. So let's say you do book a flight from, um, Gainesville to Houston via Miami. And the idea is that you get to Miami and you just don't get on the second flight. Saves you a bunch of money, right? True. And also can get you on a permanent ban from the airlines. This is why I don't like it. Because even as tight as your connectors are when you fly into Miami or Houston or, uh, excuse me, uh, Atlanta or or Charlotte, generally your connector is going to be on the same airline. And the airlines know that your flight is delayed. Or perhaps they know where your flight is landing, that the assigned gate was busy, and now you had to go to a different terminal or whatever. They're aware of this. So up to around 30 minutes, they're going to hold that connecting flight. Everybody's on board. You're just sitting on the tarmac. What the heck's going on? Chances are they're waiting for that one final passenger or group of people to get on the connecting flight. So if you are just skip lagging, you have no intention of going on that flight. Well, you've really kind of, uh, you know, uh, pardon the expression, peed on Wheaties of everybody on that flight. Not to mention you've delayed that flight by 30 minutes. The airlines have had enough and they will. There have been reports of people being permanently banned on an airline because of skip lagging. All right. And when you consider that there are like 
three or four major airlines anymore. If you get banned on one of them, <laughs> you're running out of options. You may end up having to never fly again. So uh, that's what skip lagging is. I wouldn't recommend doing it. But uh, again, if you do do it, just understand that there are consequences um, for doing it if you are uh, caught. And the smart ways to keep beach sand from sticking to you. It all comes down to science. Um, because sand, much like debris and dirt anyways, um, is attracted to anything that's wet. Any moisture you have, the sweat on your legs, the sweat under your armpits, um, you coming out of the water and you, your hair, your hair, um, that is all magnets for, for sand molecules. And that's why when you uh, get home, uh, or, or leave the beach and you try to get into your car, you have sand all over the place. No matter how hard you try and get it, get it off, it's just on there. So knowing that sand is attracted to some sort of moisture, the idea is to repel moisture as good as possible. So for your beach accessories like your coolers, your chairs, your bags, or any other item that is um, uh, that you can get away with spraying a non-toxic water-repelling spray like Green Shield or Protect Me, um, it's probably not a bad idea to do so. Maybe even in the uh, inside of your uh, shoes so that the sand doesn't stick there or the tops of your flip-flops. You may want to put a little bit of beeswax or plant oil on there. This, again, will repel the water, and so it's less likely that that sand is going to stick to your feet or your um, your, your clothing. Um, another one you may want to consider, at least when you're talking about beach towels, is putting a, 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 like a fabric softener in the dryer. Again, you're repelling water, and um, that is what the fabric softener may be able to do for your beach towel. And when you pull out a can of soda um, out of the cooler on a hot day, you know it's going to sweat. And what do we find out? Sand is attracted to water. So you'll probably want to use a koozie or some sort of uh, barrier that will prevent the uh, moisture from sticking, staying there on the side of your can. Or you may want to put your cold drink in a double-walled bottle or cup, kind of like a Yeti. That's a good way for it not to sweat and therefore keep the sand from being attracted to it. So there's the show for today, Thursday, July 6th, 2023. I'm Chris Malone. I always welcome your comments and feedback. You can email me, C-M-A-L-O-N-E at odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>